I would first start off with a question, a very simple question. Why? If you don't have a clear why, you will never know if you're moving forward or backwards or measure your success. Think of it this way. If you went to a football game and there was no scoreboards, how do you know when to cheer? How do you know when to get excited? How do you know if they're on the fourth or the second? How many yards to go? None of that, right? So you gotta have a scoreboard. And to me, the why is the scoreboard. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of profounding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. Hi, and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. Today's guest is Sergey Gook, who is the owner of Restoration HQ in Phoenix, Arizona, a versatile, effective owner and remediation specialist in projects involving floods, fires, mold, asbestos abatement, special waste, and other chemical safety issues. Sergey continues to educate himself and to add to his multiple of certifications with skills in both construction and business management to make Restoration HQ the go-to for commercial restoration. Through this commitment to excellence, Sergey continues to lead Restoration HQ and remains on the cutting edge of damage abatement and safety compliance with all local, state, federal regulatory agencies, as well as up-to-date commercial and university policies. Sergey, I am so excited. I was about to say freaking, but look, I said, I really, (laughs) truly am so so excited to have you on the show. So welcome. Thank you. Um, Equally excited. Looking forward to this conversation. Sergey, you have such an amazing background. Um, You know, being someone who was in the restoration experience, uh, the restoration industry, for 10 plus years myself, I've seen you grow extensively and you truly are an example of what it means to be an unstoppable person. What has it been in your life that has made you feel or recognize that you are truly unstoppable to become the person you are today? You know, it's uh, it's interesting when questions like that are asked and people are looking for that one specific moment. And I think for me, it wasn't a specific moment, but more a combination of different things that really made me see this and understand it and believe it. And what I mean by that is, um, as you mentioned, you know, we were both in the restoration industry for a while and my career started at a small company 
And my first realization of this was when I was a second employee with that company and my best friend who worked for that company um, ended up getting terminated for his own reasons. And I found myself being the only person in the company and the owners looked at it and said, what are we going to do? And as being somewhat of a arrogant young kid, I said, we're just going to we're going to keep going. And we did. And we kept going and we got bigger and we got better and we got more employees. Fast forward, it's 12 and a half years. I've been with that company, got them to a pretty large volume of sales, attempted to buy them out and was horribly disappointed by the response I received from them. And I found myself unemployed. And once again, as being that somewhat arrogant, but a little bit older person now, I said, well, I'm going to start my own and I'm going to do good at it and I'm going to figure out how to work it. And no, I don't have any college degree and no, I don't have any business training, but I can do it. And it's those moments and everything in between, every time we found a challenge that we never gave up and we went against all odds and we continue to push through that for me now, I think I realize I'm unstoppable. Um, and it's all of those experiences that make me confident in saying that, um, but it wasn't one major event. I think it's just a lot of little events that went along the way. Yeah, it's, it definitely is a progressionary thing. And I also agree with you. It it normally isn't just one moment. And as you get older, you start realizing and seeing the, the things that you learn and how it has really pivoted you to where you are today. So... Let's back up a little bit and, you know, there's always something though that creates that willpower inside of you as a child, right? To become this adolescent where you're like, I'm not letting anyone tell me what I can and can't do. You know, where did you grow up? You know, as you were asking that question, I realized that Time really is a spackle for the mind and we forget some things, but you just reminded me. Um, and I'll answer your question. And I think at the same time, I'm going to add to the previous question you had. Uh, so I originally was born in Russia and we were born, I was born in a small town called Rostov, uh, just southeast of Moscow. And um, my mother became a single mom when I turned seven years old and we were I mean, we were poor. When we say poor, it, it was a whole new level that only now as an adult living here can I really realize how bad. But I'll give an example. Uh, we had a four apartment building that we lived in. There was one bathroom and there was two kitchen sinks and two stoves and four refrigerators with locks on them. Meaning that if your neighbors were cooking dinner, you had to wait because there's no stove. If you had, If one of your neighbors was using a restroom, you had to wait. And to add to that, running water only existed four to six months out of the year because the infrastructure was so horrible. And what I thought was a small studio apartment, if we were to compare it, we're talking about two adults and a child living in approximately 250 square feet apartment. It was a hole in the wall, literally a hole in the wall that backed up to the toilet, right? So you, you can hear all of that. And let me tell you, we had a neighbor who was an alcoholic who loved to sing while enjoying his private time in the bathroom. And guess what? Everybody was his audience. But 
my mother was a single mom, and we ended up moving to the United States as religious refugees. Uh, my family won the status uh, to come here, and the United States would not break up a family. So we are not only immigrants, but we're also our refugees, and we came here. And I think it is watching my mother and my family take a journey across the world with barely any money, no English, no major skill sets to be able to insert themselves into the working force. Uh, I mean, my grandfather went to work repairing VCRs at Circuit City because that's all he knew how to do. And my mom became a massage therapist because she did physical therapy in Russia, and that's as close as she can get, right? And they struggled and they fought, and I never felt that. They always protected me from that, and they took care of me. They taught me lessons along the way, but they protected me. So I think in the first question, I would add to that that my mother helped make me unstoppable. And um, I think growing up where I did and experiencing what I did laid down the foundation that if that's as bad as it can get, I have no room to complain right now. Absolutely. You know, and the story that sharing about your where you grew up your background, those experiences, right? When you meet someone today and you're doing business with them, you know, they see Sergey and uh, Restoration HQ doing great and they don't even know what you've had to go through in life to get to this point, right? The journey is never a linear process. And even as you're trying to get to your goals and your dreams, it can take some crazy turns, but as long as you stay focused on your goals, whatever it is, you know, your path will change, your goals never do. Um, so, you know, your background is such a powerful and inspiring story for other people to know, like, wow, I've come from essentially nothing and you can create um, what we call here in America, the American dream, right? It is, you know, I'm, and I'm glad you said that because when I when I tell people they're like, oh, so you're living the quote unquote American dream, and it's often said by people who are born here, right? And I'm like, but we all have that dream. We all have the capabilities. It's just our the unstoppable inside of us that keeps us going. So the American dream. Were you always <laughs> thinking like I'm going to do restoration? <laughs> I mean, what it, what do you say? It's a. Does anybody ever say I'm gonna be a restoration technician? You know, I think <laughs> it's funny because I don't think I know any single person who's ever said that out. You know, as their goal, but no, well, no know, that but was not the thoughts I had. You have taken it, and you have done such a great job. So there must have been something that has, you know, obviously connected you and to become passionate about what you do. So how did you even get into the industry in the first place? Okay, well then I'm going to have to go back to being right around 17. A good friend of mine was working for this company and they were a carpet cleaning company that was starting to do, get into restoration. I'm finishing my senior year and I have no clue what I'm going to do. School School was never my strongest suit. Um, I graduated, I got my diploma. Was it easy? No, because I was you know, always going against the system and, and fighting it. And the one thing that always made sense to me and still does is math and science. It's not emotional. Two plus two is always four. No matter how you feel about it, how much you hate it, that's what it is. And I liked it. I liked the stability. 
So I find myself, I just quit a job at MCI selling you long distance minutes, uh, having that radio voice. If you come back, we'll give you five free movies to Blockbuster and a thousand minutes long distance. Please join MCI, right? That was, that was my job before, which I quickly realized I may have a radio voice, but I don't have the personality or the patience for it. So I have nothing to do. Uh, my friend calls me and says, hey, uh, we have this big job. Will you come out and help us? And um, I do. And while there, it was a residential job. The homeowner ordered pizza. And I looked at him and said, wait a minute, you get to charge these people and they feed you? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I love pizza. You know, so I, uh, I was like, okay, and this is going the right direction. I'm, I'm broke. Free food is always great, right? Um, and I, and I, yeah, it was a rough time. Uh, I just thought of it, the, the jobs I used to go to, my car would overheat, so I had to hard, hardwire a fan on a switch. So I would turn the switch on to let the car cool down while it was off, right? So long, funny getting to this. But he starts setting up all the equipment, and he starts talking about evaporation rates and hum, relative humidity and temperatures. And I looked at him, and his name was Tom. I go, Tom, there's a science behind this? He's like, oh, yeah, there's this and this and that we have to do. I said, all right. I get paid. I get free food. I get to work with the things I love. I want to do this. So September 2nd is when I officially got hired with that company. Uh, September 2nd of 2022, uh, 2002, I'm sorry. So now that's 2022, I'm coming up on that 20-year anniversary. And I spent 12 years with that employer, and I absolutely loved it. They, they were good to me. They invested a lot into me, and they sent me to school, and they gave me all the certifications. Um, but that's... Uh, and that's how I started. Free pizza and a couple bucks. Like I said, you literally never know. Like with your journey, it's not linear, right? Like people don't necessarily even have a clear path to where they're going. And then suddenly when you look up because you're just grinding and you're like, I have a goal. I have a dream. And you look up and you're like, wow, I ended up doing a lot more things than I even thought I was going to do. Or I went down a path that I didn't even expect. But kind of like a gopher, right? They're just digging a tunnel, digging a tunnel. Once in a while, you pop your head up. And you're like, yep, still moving forward. And you get back down and exactly. keep going again. And if you don't do that, right, you'll just stay stagnant. You won't go anywhere. You won't do anything. So tell us a little bit about HQ. So just to give our listeners, though, a little bit of background um, in between Sergey and mine's, um, you know, industry relationship, partnership, just knowing each other. Um, I was in the restoration industry majority of my career. And so we were considered um, enemies. enemies. Restoration <laughs> is, it can be, um, it can be a bit cutthroat. And this is where I want to kind of um, segue into because I left the restoration industry for multiple reasons. Um, and I decided not to choose my entrepreneurial journey in restoration because of one reason was it can be very cutthroat. And it's not competitive. It's not because of the competition that makes me feel, you know, where I don't want to be a part of it. It's just sometimes the atmosphere can be difficult. But Sergey, you've done such a great job at differentiating yourself and people love you. 
and clients love you. <laughs> and you've been able to grow such a successful company in a very, very competitive industry, especially here in Phoenix. So let's just let us know a little bit about, you know, your, your company, your background, and what made you passionate to want to create that? Boy, all right. So we're going to go back to, as I mentioned to you, you know, the 12 and a half years with the employer fizzles out. I'm down. I'm beat up, uh, to be honest, you know, with all listeners. I, I was a pretty rough space and I just felt betrayed, right? So I was going to run. I was going to run to Seattle. And I was having lunch with a friend of mine who said, why Seattle? It rains a lot. It's got old buildings. I love food, right? That's, that's as far as my answer went. So he looked at me and said, no, you need to stay here. This is where you built your career and you have a reputation. You need to stay here. And I said, well, the only way I would stay here is if I can you know, own my own company and because uh, I can't go work for somebody else. I'm unemployable, right? I, I'm too stuck in my own ways. And he looked at me and he said, okay. I said, what do, you, what do you mean? Okay. He said, okay, well, let's start your own company. And long story short, uh, his name is Tom, who owns a construction company here. He gave me a chance and he put it out. And the thing that really hit home to me is as part of him giving me the working capital, the bank asked for his house as collateral. And within 30 seconds, he took that piece of paper, signed it and handed it back to them without reading it. And I looked at him and said, what are you doing? This is your house. He says, yeah, what's the problem? Well, long story short, we... We had a three-year working relationship, and he helped me acquire Restoration HQ. Restoration HQ was started in a 2004 F-250 pickup with a camper shell that I bought from an old guy who couldn't drive it no more. It had a carpet rug in the back of it, four air movers, some plastic and tape, and I was it. And this is what we were doing. And as I mentioned, three years fast forward, after um, separating with him, he asked me for one thing. He asked me that... I continue that path and I look for somebody who can use some help, some guidance, some teaching, some upbringing, and that I pay him back by helping somebody else. So Restoration HQ is not only helping its customers to recover from emergencies, but it is our goal to also continue to help the people that work here to continue to achieve their goals, to continue to push forward. And if they want to be a business owner, then be a business owner. If they want to be a manager. So I... You know, it's, it's been a crazy journey to try to figure it out. But then on top of that layer, as I mentioned, I was a little bit arrogant when I was younger and maybe still when I was older, I um, decided to open up 100% commercial restoration. And I said, I will not work on behalf of insurance companies. I will work on behalf of my clients to protect them against wow. insurance companies. And I'm going to be disruptive to the industry and I'm not going to follow the trends and I'm not going to benefit from any referrals or preferred vendor work and all of those different things that 99% of restoration companies go for. Back to that unstoppable, arrogant mindset, right? I can do this. I, I am going to do this. And, you know, I have been so lucky that I have attracted talent that saw that same vision and that we all of us together have worked and got Restoration HQ to where it's at. You know, we just celebrated a seven-year birthday and we made the Inc. 5000 list. And not just barely made it, we were 3,737th fastest growing. And it's a team of unstoppable people that continues to work at Restoration HQ. And it is our internal motto that we have of get to yes. What that means is no matter what problem you have, find the solution, 
find that yes. So do you continue to practice that same model? You're just a hundred percent construction or commercial, commercial, commercial restoration. Still are. Obviously, example, if you called me and your house was flooded, I'm still going to take care of your house because I'm not going to let a stranger in my, my backyard. Right. Um, but we did 1,220 jobs last year and we maybe did three residential and they were just houses of our clients. So we are 100% commercial. Uh, we don't, strive to get an insurance list. We don't care about being the preferred insurance vendor of the year because all that means is that it's a conflict of interest. My alliance is with the insurance company, not the property manager, not the building owner or the GC. And if I'm worried about satisfying the, the hand that feeds me, ultimately the only person that suffers is a customer. And how many years are you coming on with being in business? Uh, we just celebrated some September 2nd, ironic, September 2nd has been a, a day that shows up in my career, but September 2nd is when I resigned from my last position and gave them a four months notice. September 15th is when we got incorporated and January 1st is when we got our insurance. So if you look at September, that just turned seven years. If you look at January, it's seven years since we opened the wow. doors. So it, it depends on the date. So we're coming up onto so eight seven years. seven years practicing this committed model and you are, I, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but success, very, very successful. And just to give another background, you know, in the Phoenix area, there is probably about 350 restoration companies. And adding on every day, right? It's like, it's like what is that TLC show, 19 and counting? This is like restoration, 350 and counting. And HQ literally is one of the top rated, if not the top rated. I would say absolutely top rated. I'm not going to even say there's anyone else below you, but... I appreciate um, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you have been able to stay committed to your values because you're delivering something that's beyond just a service. You're partnering with the people that you work with. And that to me is a huge, a huge piece to your success as a company. You also said, you know, I've been lucky and I don't know if luck has anything to do with what we resonate as a human being, right? Like when you're someone who is, has great values, has great integrity, is a hardworking person, wants to do right and do good to other people, you're going to attract that, right? Ra rather than if somebody is someone who attracts drama, is someone who, you know, is deceitful, doesn't have integrity in business, you're going to attract those type of people into your life. And so you've obviously done a great job at attracting the right people. Of course, you're going to get some people where you're kind of have to, what is that saying? Um, hire quick, fire quick, right? You have to be smart as a business owner and see, are they the right fit for my company and the company culture that I'm building? But if you're not the number one example, it doesn't matter even if you're like, hey, this is what I want. But yet as a parent, you know, we want our kids to do the right thing. But if the parent is not behaving the way that they want the child to behave, the expectations are just not even going to be there. So, you know... You've got to give yourself credit on that point, it's, too. Well, fun fact about me, and I think I mentioned to you, um, it's the, the little imposter syndrome that I have inside of me that sometimes the voice tends to not 
let me enjoy that, you know, the credit. But you're absolutely right. You know, it's like that saying, it's funny, the harder I work, the luckier I get, right? Uh, so it's it's very true. But I appreciate the compliments. And, and you're right. It, it is, you know, it does start a leadership. It starts at the ownership of the company, starts in the managers. And we continue to try to find those people that believe the same values. You know, core values are very important to us. But um, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate a lot of the kind Every words. great leader has imposter syndrome. People who say otherwise obviously have imposter syndrome of themselves. <laughs> you know, it's so true because like it's so true. even myself, when something is going good or I'm achieving something, I'm like, am I really doing, is that me? Is this really something that has been a quality of mine that I've put out into the universe and it's coming to me because of my hard work, you know, and then you do have to remind yourself like, yes, I have done this and I should be proud of myself. Um, so it's not an uncommon, you know. I've realized that more and more, you know, the last couple of years was when I finally found out what it was because I kept asking myself, why do I have so much self-doubt? And for a while there, I think I kind of like embraced and said, this is my secret sauce. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a dark passenger too. Yeah. So it's a, it's a love-hate relationship with him. So fear, I always say that fear is always going to be there. But are you going to let it drive or are you going to just put it in the passenger side? Because that's where mine typically likes to live is in the passenger side and I have to be like, shh, I'm going to put up this barrier. I'm about to put that. <laughs> Turn the radio up, right? <laughs> so let's talk about that, though. Let's talk about how you've been able to overcome your dark passenger, which is your self-doubt. You know, to be honest with you, I don't know if I have 100% overcame it. I think it's a battle that continues on and on and will not stop. I think is what you just said that is perfectly uh, describes it, is what are you going to do with that energy, right? Doubt is going to set in. And I was just reading um, a book, and I should say I'm not lying. I don't read. I use audibles, right? But um, I was listening to this book, and it's Who Not How. And it talked about... Um, that it's okay to have fear. It's okay to have doubt. It is okay for you to say, I don't know how I'm going to achieve that or how I'm going to overcome that because that's what makes it a goal. If you didn't have those feelings associated with it, it would just be a checklist, right? When we go to the grocery store and we say we want three pounds of ground beef, never through our head goes, well, what am I going to do if they're out of ground beef, right? We just know it's going to happen. It's a checklist. But if we set ourselves a goal that is scary, that's confusing, that eats at us, that's what makes it a goal. So I think that every time I encounter a situation where I'm facing self-doubt, I just try to look at it and say, I'm where I'm supposed to be. This is making me uncomfortable. This is making my, my dark passenger uncomfortable. This is, means this is a growth opportunity. And I embrace it. And I dive headfirst into it. Anybody that knows me, I, I'm a little OCD when it comes to new things because I get obsessed with them. And then I want to dissect them and learn them. And then I go on to the next thing, right? So it's, it's how you use it. You know, if you let it cripple you, then that's what it's going to do. But if you let it be the motivator, even if it's to look at it and go, you're wrong, I'm right, and you do it just to prove it wrong, it's going to keep you going forward. So what has been one of your, as an entrepreneur, one of your most 
difficult moments that you can now look back and say, I'm really proud of myself for overcoming? Oh man, you know, I mean, you know this, this is, this is a every day, something new is thrown at us, right? Um, Being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) It's not. And you know, we, I would probably say is, um, last year we had a couple, uh, things that popped up and without getting, you know, too much into detail, but we lost a couple key personnel, uh, people that were in the leadership team and, I almost slipped into very deep fear that prevented me from acting on it. And there was a voice that said, no, you're not going to let them take you down and you're not going to let them have that much power over you or the company or the people. And I took it head on and I took a company wide meeting and I delivered the message to everybody and said, this is what happened and this is what's going on and this is what we're doing. And it was amazing because probably 60 days after that, um, I was talking to one of my coaches and they asked me how it's going. And I answered it just naturally. And the look on the face said, you realized that you thought your business was going under and you were panicking and you thought the world's on fire. And you're sitting here 60 days after, not only recovered, but did not sustain any damage and you're better off. You need to remember this moment. And next time you lose something or you, you're fearful something or something happens to you that makes you feel like that again, you better use this as an example. So I remembered it. I clearly remember it. Um, and I think to me, that was a big moment to realize not only do we have an organization that's strong, not only do we have the right team members, but I do have what it takes to bounce back from something that's so damaging and potentially could have wiped us out. Um, that was probably a big lesson of don't, don't ever let somebody else tell you what you can and cannot do. Amen. That is the truth. And as an (laughs) entrepreneur, you're going to get opinions from everybody, right? Like someone is anyone who wants to dissect your company. You know, some people are going to be like, wow, you're doing a great job. And then other people are going to be like, well, if I were you, I would probably do X, Y, and Z. And it's really important to take not people's opinion, but, you know, maybe people who have really great knowledge in the industry and you kind of take a little bit from everyone. But at the end of the day, you have to be strong enough to listen to your own knowledge that you've learned and also your intuition because you know what's best for you and the future of your company or you know the situation that you've encountered too many times i was gonna say it's really easy from the outside for people to give advice especially you find that a lot of people give you advice that may have not walked the same path right um i'm sure with you as far as you know all your linkedin marketing everything else you probably have people that come up with negative comments oh you're just doing this because you're pretty face or this and and it's gonna happen and the same thing with me when i started and said i'm not gonna take any entrance work all my peers in my industry said the same thing you don't know what you're doing you're not gonna last all these these different things that they said but if you if you listen to them, you're 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 short. You know you're not you're cheating yourself out of it. It's okay to fail. Failure is learning opportunity, right? It's, it's if we do it again, it's a mistake. But the first time, it's a lesson. Think about school. Anybody who went to school and got a diploma, you paid for your education. So sometimes mistakes cost money. The way we look at it, it's education. Yeah. 
but learn your path, go through it, make those mistakes. It's okay to make mistakes. Just don't repeat them. The school of hard knocks. It's a real thing, especially when you're like an entrepreneur, you don't go to school. You have to literally learn as you go and you're, you are going to be making mistakes and mistakes are, you know, we're not seeking them out. We're trying to make the best decisions, but if you've made a mistake, it's not the end of the world. You have the ability to change course, right? You just have to be aware of it and be, um, pliable in life. Yep. So there's two things you mentioned coach, but I want to ask before we go into the, into, um, into your, I don't know if it's a life coach or maybe like a business coach, but what makes you so passionate and motivated to do what you do as an entrepreneur and it being a difficult, you know, thing on a daily basis, you know, what makes you passionate and motivated every day to keep doing it? It's the promise I made to Tom. The promise I made of helping somebody else achieve their goals. So <clears throat> I'll use this kind of a, a, another opportunity to explain that. So Restoration HQ is, uh, we do have a coach. We have a business coach. We have a financial coach. We have a systems coach. Uh, I think we're up to like five different ones right now that help us, right? And um, it's really interesting because two years ago, if you would have told me I needed coaches, I would have looked at it as a weakness. And I don't know why I was so close to it because every athlete out there, even Michael Jordan had a strength and physical coach. He had a a dietitian. He had all these coaches, right? But for whatever reason, I think when we come up in in school, they want us, you do it on your own. You figure it out on your own. If If somebody helps you take a test, it's cheating, right? So when we got the coach and we were talking about, uh, his name is Michael Erath, and we're operating on an EOS system, but he's actually called Next Level Growth to help us achieve exactly that, Next Level Growth. Uh, he asked me what my goals were, and I told him the conceptuals of it. He says, how are you going to deliver that? And we realized, I'm going to build a franchise model. And I want to build a franchise model to find people similar to me, people similar to you, and people similar to your listeners that have the grid, they have the DNA, they have what it takes to get there, but maybe they're not lendable in the bank eyes, in the traditional system. Or maybe somebody passed up on them because they don't have the right diploma. You know, um, I think one of your guests, Ken, said it, and when I was listening, it was so perfect. You find somebody who doesn't have a diploma, watch them because they're about to go do something, right? And you find somebody who has that, then they're sitting there maybe having certain expectations. Now, this is not a statement, a blanket statement that applies to everybody, right? It's obviously that, so I don't want to offend anybody. But I want to find those people. I know that those people exist, and I know that they're out there, and I know that they have family goals and life goals. So for me, every decision I make is to protect this organization because this organization is the vehicle that's going to allow me to not only deliver on the promise, but change the life of those 12 potential business owners. The reason I say 12, because by 2030, that's our goal is to have 12 locations nationwide owned, none of them by us. So there's the first 12. But then you look at an organization. Let's say there's only 20 people in that company times 12. That's 240 people that now have an opportunity to do something with that. So what drives me every day is knowing that this is so much bigger than just me right now. This is so much bigger than Restoration HQ in Phoenix, Arizona or Arizona, you know, statewide. This is something that is meant for bigger and greater, and it's going to change people's lives and make an impact. 
every person that I've talked to who is extremely successful, they have gone into their business seeing it as industry changing. So it's so much more than just a service, right? They didn't come in thinking, man, I'm going to make a million dollars or $5 million, $10 million. We know that the money is going to be there, but all of the successful people I have met to this point who have multi-million dollar companies literally all say, this is so much more than just the product or the service. I am changing the industry. And these are leading industry leaders. And it's very, very exciting to see that. And, um, you know, I'm hoping Tom from TEPCON listens to this because <laughs> I'm so like moved in my, in my heart about his one act has not only changed your life, but as you continue to persevere this mission through restoration being the vehicle, you are going to carry that same company culture, right? Anybody who's going to be a part of Restoration HQ is going to have that same value of saying, I'm going to be more than a service-based company. I'm going to help people. And so you're one person who helped change one person's lives. You are literally going to change hundreds of people's lives just because, and it's funny, it's, I mean, it's amazing. And I literally have goosebumps to just see that through one person's gesture has created this domino effect because you've carried it and is passing it on. And now you're creating this company culture that could be, you know, potentially a nationwide thing, if not even larger. Yeah. And if, you know, taking what you just said, sometimes we think that little act of kindness is just that little act, but, and that's what it was to him. He was just helping a, a kid that was his client who used his company for construction services, and he was just helping one person. I don't think at that moment that he realized that within about 10 years of it being around, there's potentially he's helped 250. And that literally has been the core of what is HQ, right? It's, mm-hmm. what, what does HQ stand for high quality, correct? So no, so we so when I was coming up with a company name, right? So I'll I'll take that high quality headquarters, high grade, whatever you know. Go ahead. Um, so when we was coming up with a name, it was very difficult because, as you mentioned, there are hundreds of restoration companies, right? And they often use, you know, like I, I, how to say this without even saying their company names, right? But like you know, preferred choice or, you know, emergency restoration or, uh, you know, all these like actionable items, you know? Um, and I was like, I don't want to do that. It's kind of like the guy who names a business after himself. In my eyes, I, I'm not that guy. I can't do that. Right. Or if you have to say, you know, quick restore. Well, if you have to add that to your name, then you, you're trying to confuse people and make them believe that that's what happens. Because otherwise, they should be given and known about you, that you're quick or you're quality or you're preferred or whatever the case is. So I was sitting there and going, okay, what, what do I want to be? What do we want to be? How is it going to look? What is the marketing spiel on it? How are we going to market it, right? So I thought about it. We want to be your restoration headquarters. You come to us for anything that has to do with restoration. And then I said, how am I going to market this? That's a long word. Well, RHQ, right? People like abbreviation. But if you think about business already, often in a corporation, they're like, oh, we have a meeting at HQ. 
yeah. right? Headquarters. So we are naturally already doing that. So I took a page out of a marketing book and thought about simplicity, markability of it. Uh, how's it going to look? What font we're going to use and all of those things. But really the message is we want to be your restoration headquarters. No matter what you have going on with restoration related needs, we're your headquarters to get that resolved. It actually, I, I think it's really genius, the headquarters, because really that kind of, it doesn't matter, even if it was high quality, right? Like headquarters is above everything. <laughs> like it is the number one yep. place to be because it's the headquarters of restoration services. Correct. That was um, the plan behind it. So with your, let's jump back to your coaching. I'm very curious to know about that because, <laughs> you know, and then you mentioned you know, you used to not be a believer of of uh, any type of coaching. And now here you are with, you know, five deep in, with coaches. <laughs> Expensive. But, well, I mean, you think about society, the way society works, right? They, um, especially being a boy coming up, and my grandfather was very old school and different things. And, right, you do it on your own. Men don't cry. You, you don't show sensitivity. You got to cut on your leg, put some dirt in it, right? Like those old ways of thinking. So coming up to it, we believe that we must take everything on and we must do it and we must do all that. And we focus on learning the how. But sometimes we're not that how. You know, sometimes we realize like in my business, I am good at what I'm good at. What I'm not good at is to do accounting. I can't sit there day in out and, and do accounting. That's a different person. So I need them to do this for me. They're my who, not my how. So as this continued on and as I was forced to read more books, um, listen more books, I'm such a liar. Um, as I listened to more books, um, I kept coming across multiple people acknowledging this misconception that you're supposed to do it on your own. And going back to Tom, the second act that Tom did, he tricked me into a happy hour with one of the coaches because I avoided it like the plague. So he tricked me by saying, I'll buy drinks and food, come meet me for a happy hour. And I got there and he says, cool, you guys met, I'm out. And he left. And he left me at the table with a guy I don't know, who is Michael. And we started talking. And as we started talking, I realized that he's like me. He's also, as you would say in your words, and a little plug for the show, unstoppable. Michael had situations where he lost his business and he had to rebuild a new one back up. And he went through that grinder and he knew what it took. And when I was talking to him, not only did I like him as a person, but I liked his history and I liked what he learned and what he can pass on to me. So we made a company-wide decision that we were going to take him on and he was going to be a business coach and he was going to figure out what we're doing wrong and what we're doing right and help dial us in. Well, as you set off on every journey, you then realize you need another tool. So then we get a fractional CFO. So we got that going on. Then we need some tax strategy and accounting. So we got a, a strategic CPA who's helping us navigate through that. Then I enter the EO forum and I'm in, in, I'm in the group and I'm in the forum and I got 10 people in my forum who are technically coaches because they're talking about their experiences. So the more and more I get into, the more I realize that successful people have a team of people that gets it going and nobody judges them. Whether you're a basketball player, a football player, a business owner, all of these things, we, we need those. And I've embraced it. 
But honestly, I think it's growing up in society that made me believe that if I couldn't do it on my own, that I was worthless. And I fought to keep doing it on my own. And all that happens is we, we sometimes hurt ourselves. We sacrifice our family. We sacrifice time with our kids because society wants yeah. us to do it on our own. So I have, I'm a big, big, big believer and a big supporter that everybody should have at least one coach out there. Think about going to the gym, right? We all know how to lift dumbbells. We all know how to pull the cable machines. Why do we need a personal fitness, uh, a, you know, a trainer, even for the most simple things? Exactly. Accountability. Yes. On a busy day, I'll sit there and be like, ah, oh, you don't have to go to the gym today, right? You worked hard. Go home. Have a cocktail, right? Yeah, right. But the trainer is like, oh, no, man, you, you need to show up. We got a three o'clock. If not, I'm charging you. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I, I can't just throw money away. I got to go, right? So even if it's accountability, I'm a big believer in getting coach. And I'm a big believer in identifying your who's. So that way you can figure out how together you guys I get it, it done. And another spin for, you know, coaching. Well, I also am a huge believer on you know, having mentors or coaches in your life because you as an individual will only know what you know. And when you surround people who are specialized or educated in an area that you may know just briefly, or even maybe you feel like you know everything about it, they're going to have a different look a different spin, a different idea, a different strategy. Maybe you see your business is going through a financial crisis and you're like, I'm seeing all the numbers and I'm seeing that we're going to have to close our doors. Well, you bring in someone with expertise. They're like, hey, look at this, look at it in this perspective. And they give you hope, right? And, and because they're looking at it in a way that your eyes couldn't see. So it's so important to have, you know, other people come in and help you know, help you look. And even as an individual, look at your own life, right? Maybe you're not even seeing that. Sometimes we can be the own demise of our life, right? We're, we're doing this and we're like, why is this not working? Why do I keep having failed? Maybe businesses, relationships, financial, whatever it may be, or even as a parent, when you have, you know, someone else come in and help you see that's when you learn. That's when you can improve and overcome like those challenges and, you know, ultimately be your best self. Of course, you know, especially as a business owner, we have an emotional attachment to this, right? And when you're going through a crisis, especially financial one, you're so laser focused on that, that you may miss an opportunity. And to go back off what you just said, you think you're going to close down the doors because you have no money. And then you realize that you got this working capital that you can use to pay off this debt. And then all of a sudden it frees. Yeah. And bam, six months later, you're exactly. doing good. Exactly. So I'm with you. Coaches are very much necessities. So without giving too much of your secret sauce, I'm sure people are going to be intrigued, especially in the restoration industry. They're going to say, oh, Sergey from HQ is on here talking. I'm going to have to listen. But, you know, <laughs> I'd like to kind of know a little bit about, um, you know, what has been your strategies? And this is where I'm saying, like, don't give too much secret sauce, but your strategies on your ebbs and flows of work coming in. 
you know, restoration is like hot, hot, hot in like monsoon season. You know, there are, there are like certain times of the year, it's like pumping hardcore. And then there are slow seasons and, and that's even in the construction industry. You know, what we face, we have slower times and we have to be creative on how to keep that cash flow going in through your doors to keep everything. Um, a little bit of insight would be, you know, your preview. So I'll, I'll answer that while being intentionally evasive a little bit, right? Um, you, you're right. There is, in restoration, often a cycles. The cycles when you wait for the monsoons, right? You wait for those storms to come through, the roof collapses and, and, and leaks and everything else. Well, that's... That's a single source, right? And we thought beyond that. This is why we went into commercial. Well, if you think about it in a commercial restoration, there's so many different things that can happen. If you develop the skill set to help them with indoor air quality problems, well, those problems can result from tenant improvement work, fancy new carpet that came in that's off-gassing, right? So you're helping them figure that out and how to get rid of it. You then uh, focus on other verticals, people that in like construction, like in yourself, right? So we go to construction. Well, when they're building a building, they need somebody who understands their process and understands what liquidated, liquidated damages may mean if they don't meet their deadlines, right? So you learn about them and you become a tool to them. You do the same thing with property management, facility management. So it's understanding where your opportunities are. But really, and I'm going to sound like a broken record again, I think the, the, the catalyst for that is to break away from the mold. If you think about the insurance companies and if you think about anybody who works for the insurance company, and even if you think about the people who've ever had a claim, I don't know a single person who's ever had a claim and said, man, that was incredible. I got everything I think I should have had. They took care of me. It was so perfect. I don't, I've never met a person that said it was good. It was all right. Well, think about on the flip side as a contractor. Insurance companies have leverage. They have all the money. So if you don't get to learn about different services, if you don't get to invest in your people, then you don't have multiple things to offer to somebody. You are truly a reactive company. You can't be proactive. You can't spend the money to teach you guys. In fact, insurance companies don't want you to be smart because smart people want to do it the right way. They just want somebody who doesn't know well enough, doesn't have the effort to fight. And when they say we want five fans instead of eight to be like, okay, you're only paying for five. I'll put five, right? That kind of thing. So to overcome that, we knew that we were not going to get anything spoon fed to us. So the first thing we had to focus on is our business development marketing department. How do we add value? And we did that through education by educating our customers, therefore became relevant. And we constantly have this revolving door of education, which keeps us in front of their eyes, which helps them understand of all these different things that restoration industry is supposed yeah. to be able to do. We're not just a suck up water, set up blowers company. As we did that with our customers, we started to invest into our employees and we send them to more education. So once we become more valuable, instead of being a single Phillips screwdriver, we became a multi-set, right? So whether you need a star, whether you need Phillips, you got a flathead, it's all in one device. But at the same time, we didn't chase everything. I do believe that if you're doing too many things, you don't have ability to be good at anything, right? And I'm sure there's exceptions to the rule. I'm not going to offend anybody with that. But for the most part, you'll be spread to I thin. Wonder, I 100% agree with that. 
And that's why we don't do residential. We're just not good at it. My guys are overqualified. I will not leave a building that is wet in order to satisfy an adjuster's desire to save the insurance company money. And hence money. to why we even pulled ourselves out of janitorial. You know, I own a construction cleaning company. We specialize in construction cleaning because we feel that when we have our focus on, you know, day cleaning and night porter and, you know, property management, it's going to take our focus away from a clean that is completely different. And, you know, this, the strategy behind it, the pricing, the uh, management, the communication, there's just so much more. And we're just like, look, you're going to have to dissect that. And we're going to stay in our lane. Yes, we, we provide more than just construction cleaning, right? In the building, we provide pressure washing, window cleaning, exterior cleaning, but that still encompasses with our um, what we're mm -hmm. what we're doing, and we're on site. And people, I think, feel that they have to kind of eat the whole enchilada, or you know, maybe that's just industry standard on like what they're thinking, or they think they're going to maximize their potential more and have more opportunities. And really, it actually doesn't. It does the opposite because you can't be the best at mm -hmm. something. You're just going to be good maybe at a few of your things and terrible at the other things or, you know, good at everything but not the best. Um, so it's really important to kind of – it's essentially staying in your lane and knowing what you can offer and being the best at everything that you're doing. I love this phrase that somebody said to me when I was starting out. They say, you know, in a startup business, and in my eyes, anybody less than 10 years old is a startup, right? It doesn't refer to their capital. It refers to their ability to change course, right? So anything less than 10 years is a startup. So somebody said to me, in a startup environment, you are more likely to die from indigestion than you are from starvation. And I didn't understand it at first, right? Like, I'm like, what do you mean? I have an abundance of food and I'm going to die. What does that mean? And I learned that when growing the business, when you are in a rowboat and you hook a whale, you're not going to reel it in. That's just the bottom line, right? You just, you just not. But if you try to, you're going to sink your boat. So learn how to figure out where your lane is. Learn how to become really good at that specific thing. If you are a shrimp fisherman and that's where you go after then stick with that and if you got the shark let it go right like you just gotta have that discipline i think it's a book called the power of no um but yeah it's uh it's difficult it's it is difficult i'm not gonna dismiss that anybody who's starting a business you know revenue and income and cash flow is very difficult and and when you see this opportunity and you think about the the benefits of it and making that money the reality of it is until you get paid the best job in the world yes. doesn't mean anything and until you make profit from it, it doesn't mean anything either. It's just a risk and exposure until you actually collect. We could literally have another podcast show all about that, being in the construction <laughs> and cash flow is a real thing. And it's true. You can have all the work in the world and it's really has zero value until you get paid for it. And sometimes that can be a real struggle. Um, what would be... And this is another thing about secret sauce, but what would be the one, you know, maybe there's a multiple things, but if somebody wanted to start their own business, I feel like there's still like a, a fundamental foundation of how to become an entrepreneur. If someone came to you and said, I would love to be an entrepreneur, what advice, what, 
you know, maybe some bullet points, you know, that you would give to that person saying you need to at least be willing to change or, you know. You know, I think I would first start off with a question, a very simple question. Why? If you don't have a clear why, you will never know if you're moving forward or backwards or measure your success. Think of it this way. If you went to a football game and there was no scoreboards, how do you know when to cheer? How do you know when to get excited? How do you know if they're on the fourth or the second? How many yards to go? None of that, right? So you got to have a scoreboard. And to me, the why is the scoreboard. So if they came to me and said, well, it's because I want to have financial freedom and make a bunch of money and have a Rolls Royce. Mm, you should probably rethink that because you're going to be thinking transactional. Transactional thoughts are short-sighted and have an expiration date and you will run out of steam and you will lose your business, potentially be in debt. So I would ask the why. Based on the why that they provide, I may give different advices. I have previously said don't. Just, just don't. <laughs> um, and I have, <laughs> and um, I have at other times helped. And I, I have a friend that I've, you know, played a little role in helping him guide through it and navigate it. And I just gave him some pitfalls ahead of time so he knew and prepared for it, um, because preparation will help overcome that, right? But going back to your question, why? That is that is the first thing I start off with, and based on their answer it determines the path we will take for that conversation. And restoration specifically, I feel like a lot of people really um, decide to start a business in that industry because they think of profit overhead, right? Like the big number is like, it's 70% profit that you, profit margin, you know? And it's one of the highest- Gross profit, yeah. Highest, <laughs> right, in a service-based company. Um, even in you know construction cleaning, we are really high, but not that high. We're we're close, but not there. And so I can see why people are very lured toward it, towards that. And I have seen in the years, and you've been in much longer than I was, but how many companies fizzled out because of the you know the focus? There was no why. It was money and. Um, you know, it is, and, and that really is though across the board with any business, you know, it kind of goes back to, you know, middle of our conversation, we talked about, you know, it's HQ is more than just a service and that's what you're promoting for your company. And that's, what's also been a catapult for your success. Um, in the end compared to, you know, the dollars come, you just can't focus. Yeah. If you're chasing money, you, you'll be transactional forever. Right. If you're chasing experience or you're chasing to change something, it's it's that's what's going to happen. Uh, you're absolutely right. Restoration companies. What do you mean, Karina? If you buy a vacuum and a blower, congratulations, you're a restoration company. Right. And if you don't know enough and you're willing to pay royalty fees to the yellows or the greens or the blues or whatever colors are out there, congratulations, you are now a national franchise. Right. All of these things are promised and they tell you this. Oh, it's 70 percent gross margins. But what they don't tell you is the insurance costs, how high it is. What they don't tell you is that your average day to get paid is 60 to 90 days because it takes time to process, right? So sure, you got that 70%, then you deduct, you know, the interest fees for those three months, then the collection calls and the emails and the attorneys and the liens and the, 
you're lucky when you bring home maybe 10, 12% net from that. It's, it's eaten up so quick. In additional to that, customers expect us to be available 24-7 with everything and anything. That means I got to have mold equipment. I got to have water equipment. I got to have fire equipment. I got to have hospital equipment. I got to have all of these things sitting in a warehouse in case that one job comes in. Yeah. Nobody tells you that. Everybody says restoration, multi-billion dollar industry. You can be rich and you drive big F-250 trucks, right? And all of these things that they look at. Everybody wants to ju judge your chapter 20, but nobody understands the first 19 that took you to get exactly. there. Exactly. And that's why we had you on the show, because it's pretty. <laughs> I don't know if my, my I don't know if my chapters were worth the content. Hopefully you don't lose any audience because of this. Your imposter syndrome coming into play right now. Look. Maybe so. I let him you sneak in a little bit. Definitely created um, an amazing brand, and um, you know, even in this story that you've shared, you've come from nothing. You've had people believe in you and give you an opportunity, and you didn't squander it. Like just because someone gives you an opportunity doesn't mean that you're going to do right by it, and you have. And you know, everything else is falling into place. There've been probably, you know, difficulties that you've seen or that you've come across. And like you said, you had moments where you're like, oh shit, like the man. And mm -hmm. I don't know if I can come out of this, but now you look back and you're like, shit, I am really a strong person. I really can overcome anything. And you're a true inspiration. Where can our listeners find you? And then also, what exciting news do you have coming up? Well, I'll start with exciting news first. So as I mentioned to you, we have this 10-year plan, right? That came into effect in 2020, which is, oh, that was an interesting time, right? For everybody, 2020, what a heck of a year. But um, it came into play to open up multiple locations. So um, Restoration HQ is acquired at second location. So we are going to be in Tucson and we're coming into Tucson a little bit differently. We're not chasing the dollars there. We are wanting to learn what makes Tucson Tucson. Why are people so passionate about it? So right now, my whole team is going through this process of understanding what Tucson is. Just that. What is Tucson? Is it the people? Is it the food? Is it the culture? What is it? And we want to learn that and we want to understand that. And then we want to add to what Tucson is. And Tucson is going to be my test market, right? Um, as we mentioned, you know, taking some of those chances and gambles. When going to Tucson, we are testing our playbook. We have built out a Restoration HQ University down to every little thing we do. So when somebody comes on board, we can get them onboarded and not yes. waterboarded, which is often what happens with companies, right? So we are using that as a test market. And that is what we are starting. That is incredibly exciting to us. We are going to be participating with some local uh, celebrities and influencers to do events and participation and, and try to become part of Tucson. Um, if and when Tucson is successful, that will be that first franchise that we sell. From that point on, we will start multiplying across the nation and trying to deliver that and building a network of entrepreneurs and companies who are also, shameless plug, unstoppable, and uh, continue and continue our journey and path. And as far as finding me, 
I mean, it's, it's 2022 digital world, uh, LinkedIn. Um, you can find me by my first name and the beautiful thing about a first name like mine, there is, I don't think there's any other restoration Sergey's that I know out there. So if you search Sergey restoration, I'm pretty sure it'd come up. Um, obviously Instagram is the best way for our customers and, and listeners of your show to follow through. We try to put out information about different things and how to be prepared. Our whole slogan is be proactive in a reactive industry kind of situation. And we want to be your teammate, not a vendor, but LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, um, my emails on my LinkedIn, my phone numbers on it. I don't hide from it. Um, I, I welcome. And if any listeners want to talk, want to grab a coffee, you want some advice. Um, I, I would love to share because it aligns with my why. So helping you continues to um, fulfill I the promise it. I made. And I really do love your business model. And I am so excited to continue to watch your journey. I am very fortunate because Sergey is a friend and industry partner of mine. So we'll definitely have him back on this show and we'll talk about how your Tucson um, model is going. And anyone who is wanting to get in the restoration world, um, when these franchises become available, HQ the one you'll Absolutely. want to, to invest and in for sure. So thank you again so much. Well, I wanted to kind of end with this thing. I was just thinking about this whole interaction, right? If you think about it, the journey that even me and you had, and maybe the, this is kind of the last little bit for the listeners is uh, remember the people you meet on the way up because you will run into them again. And it, me and you had such a full circle, which I am, I'm so appreciative of, right? We went from don't talk to each other because we're competitors, even though we have mutual friends, to all of a sudden she's not competition. She's working for another company that I tend to work with. Let's have a lunch. I mean, it's it, it just little things like that. So I appreciate you having me on here. I'm so thankful for our relationship and friendship and everything we have. And I can't wait to see what uh, unstoppable things Thank you can you, achieve. Okay. Yes. And it's very important to, you know, be kind and respectful in any industry that you're in. You know, there is competition. And I think that's what has made us become friends, you know, friends after, especially um, because I always have respected you. I've respected what you've been able to do, achieve. And, you know, you and I were always just like neck and neck there with you know, getting those jobs. And <laughs> I just, Respect the hustle, right? <laughs> I still admire everything that you do. And now I'm just excited that, you know, we get to partner together on jobs and, you know, be friends along the way. So thank you again. We'll have you again, um, I'm sure, soon in the next uh, few seasons. Give us, give us, we'll do a 12 months recap of how well that unstoppable momentum has worked. All right, thank Got you, Sergey. Bye. Of course.